My name is Ed and welcome to the second ever episode of the Hogcast. Last week we had our first ever episode featuring Ace Trainer Liam. We had a lot of fun, we laughed, we learnt and we told stupid poems to each other and you guys have been sharing a lot of your thoughts and also your extra bits for the features in this show. So this week I am joined by the one and only Spammels. Say hello Spammels. Hi, it's me, the Spammels. Yes mate. How on earth are you Spammels? Welcome to the game hog hog cast thank you for having me my hoggy friend i am doing very good thank you now do you do many podcasts is this something you've done a lot on your time on youtube this is my very first ever hog cast it's the best this is your first ever hog cast oh wow i feel honored spammels well thank you considering this is the second ever hog cast it's going pretty well now spammels and i have actually known each other for a couple of years now isn't that right i, I think we met just because i discovered your channel online and went wow this guy's got it. He went all Simon Cowell on me. Yeah, I went all Simon Cowell on you. Went well. I could, I could actually totally make this guy. No, that's not what I thought at all. But I, <laughs> I sent you a message going, I really like your stuff, and maybe we should play together sometime. And and then we did. And I think on the first day that we spoke, we ended up kind of having a very long discussion about our backgrounds in music or in audio and stuff like that. So we hit it off quite quickly. Yeah, we had a very similar kind of upbringing in that regard, from music to audio engineering to like our passion and what we was enjoying in life and where we both ultimately wanted to go forwards in life. Exactly, and that was a nice way of kicking off our friendship. Now, speaking of kicking things off, obviously we want to kick off with one of the questionnaires that we do on the Hogcast, but before we do that, Spammels, for those people who maybe don't know who you are or what it is you do, why don't you explain to the listeners of the Hogcast what it is that you do? Sure thing, not a problem. Well, hi everybody, my name is Spammels. I do Let's Plays over on YouTube and live streams on YouTube and over on Twitch. Twitch TV forward slash spammers, lol, lol, lol. Um, I'm a variety gamer. I don't stick to one specific thing. Like, my the thing I'm most notable for is arguably the Titanic. We do a thing called Titanic Week where we focus exactly only on that. But then once that's out of the way, we, we transition through horror games, happy games, VR games, historical games. Like, we do everything. We don't want to kind of be stuck in one place. That Minecraft syndrome, you know? We don't want any of that. We'd like to keep it fresh, keep it fun, and have good times. Where did the love for Titanic come from? Because, like you said, you are one of the only channels, possibly the only channel on YouTube, that focuses on Titanic games when they come out. So where did that niche come from for you? I don't know like, specifically where the niche came from, but it's just... I. Even as a child, I always had a fascination with the ocean, with sea, uh, with sunken ships. Like, this mind mess of, like, well, this is a thing made for humans, but it's in a place where humans can't be. Like, I don't know. It's, I always had this fascination. And then it was when we... Uh, my, my brother wanted to go see Spice World, the Spice Girls movie, like back in 97. So me, him and my mama, we went to the movies and it was sold out. At the same time, Titanic by James Cameron was playing. And I was like, Mama, can we go see a Titanic, please? Because it's a ship that sinks. Amazing. And we did. I loved it. My brother kept saying, like, is it, is it sinking yet? Has it sunk yet? When's it going to sink? He didn't like it. But that was very much like a... It united... It spearheaded my focus. Like, I had this passion for water, for boats and things. Now I had a name that I could actually, like, focus on. And then um, that was a gateway that got me into, like, the, well, a broader sense of the world. It's just... It's amazing. 
It, it truly is. I think the most insightful part of that story for me is the fact that we almost had a Spammel Spice Girl channel. <laughs> it was that close to not being the Titanic and we would have had all this Spice Girl content. I want to see Spice Girl Spammels. That would be great. <laughs> Maybe this Halloween we'll dress up or something. <laughs> April Fool's Day. <laughs> Scary Spice. Now, before we get any further into getting to know Spammels, obviously I could continue asking you Titanic-based questions and asking to know a little bit more about your nautical interests. However, here at the Hogcast, we have a different way of getting to know people, and that's by asking people the pivot questionnaire. Ten questions that are very, very insightful, and I think they offer a totally different side of people that most boring interview questions don't really get into. So, Spammels, are you ready to go through the questionnaire? Let's begin! In the style of Spammels, as you say, let's begin! So, what is your favourite word? Pickles! Pickles? What? It's fun to <laughs> right. say! I, I don't think you might misheard me, Spammels. I didn't say food. <laughs> Now, I mean, pickles is a fun word to say. It's not really my favourite word. I don't really consider myself having a favourite word. Like, But a word that I use probably the most often is maybe the word amazing, because that's right. amazing. That's amazing. And, yeah. and it's a positive word, so I guess that might count, but... Yeah, it's the, it's the best I could kind of come up with for that one. I think that's fine. I think last week we had a couple of discussions and mine was the word tamesis, which is a it's when you split a word up and it becomes two different words like fan bloody tastic or send bloody sational. Things like that. And I think that's cool. I think that's a really neat word. But you don't have anything, anything that you love? Any words that really when you hear them, you go, ooh. I mean, you went proper Stephen Fry with that word, termesis. Ooh, or whatever. I certainly did. Me, pickles! Pickles, yeah, pickles for me! <laughs> well, that's fine. We'll go with pickles for Spabble. Spabble's went for a kind of more base one, but it is a fun word to say. It's almost percussive in a way. Pickles. <laughs> so concurrently... See, making you giggle. It is making me giggle. That's fair enough. So what is your least favourite word if pickles is your favourite word? Salad! <laughs> <laughs> so why, why salad? Does it just fill you with dread, the idea of consuming a salad? It's hamster food, it's rabbit food, it, it's not meat, it's salad, it's nasty, it's horrible, it's the kind of the thing that you pass really quickly to get to the good stuff at the end of the table. I don't know, I, I mean, I don't disagree, but I've had some cracking salads in my time, and I'm sure many people who are listening to the Hogcast would, would probably defend a salad, although I'm not disputing that a lovely big KFC <laughs> will always be better than a salad for me, but I do love a good salad. Yeah, i got a bit of fupa on me, okay? I'm a big guy, okay? It's kind of obvious <laughs> looking at me, salad is not something I partake in in regular daily portions <laughs> and as a result it's become your least favorite word historically yes get it out of here that's fine i think that's fair enough i think last time we discussed one that's a bit of a meme that's moist loads of people seem to have a real problem with the word moist i don't really like one word that i'm not so fond of it's rather not the word as much the phrase is i don't like the phrase crack on like you know when you've got to crack on with something because that, to me, it implies a modicum of effort that I don't want to have to put into something. Because it always reminds me of when I was having to revise for exams and my parents would come in and go, open the door and be like, right, come on, wake up, you got to crack on, there's loads to do today. And it just makes you go, I don't want to do that today. So now the, the phrase crack on has kind of scarred me for life in a way where I now don't want to do anything and it makes me want to not ever work. Now I know this. I will use this against you. You're an asshole. <laughs> Don't do this to me. Car chaps, crack on. No yeah. spells. And on that bombshell, should we crack on to the next question? Oh! I suppose... Oh, wow, look at this segue. Spavels is already carrying the podcast for me. Right, so <laughs> on to the next question then. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? 
I would have to say passion. Like I thought about this for a lot, and I I want to say passion, but not on like any a selfish way, like thinking about myself. It's even like seeing someone else being super passionate about what they're doing. I think that high energy, that enthusiasm, that like, it can really like come across to you. You can absorb it, and it can empower you to maybe bright, burn a little brighter, push a little longer, or just make that extra effort passion goes a long way i think that's very true and actually i think that was one of the things that made me discover your channel and also when i watch your content that is one of the things that you instantly notice is that you you care about the stuff that you're doing you're having fun even if it's a game that you're not really enjoying you're thinking of a way that you can make it way better and i think that's really cool and also that comes across very much coming back full circle to the titanic stuff that kind of really shows in your titanic content because speaking as someone who doesn't have an interest in anything nautical or stuff like that watching the titanic videos that you do because you're so excited by it and you're so passionate and informed about about the subject it makes you want to listen and it makes you want to engage in that and as a result i've absorbed information from that for instance <laughs> i can now name the three lines on the wait crap are they the white star lines the, the shipping line was called the white star line yes yes okay so i can name the three ships <laughs> you, you in that whereas before i could only name the titanic so th things like that i'm learning from watching your content well, go on then what are they called they're the titanic the olympic and the britannic and what order did they come in uh the olympic <laughs> Yes. Then the Titanic. Yes. Then the Britannic. Amazing! But quickly, yeah! quick fire. <laughs> what's port and what's starboard? Uh, port is left, starboard is right. My boy's learning! Yes! <laughs> nautical terms. I'm nailing it. Well, nautical terms would normally turn me off, but that comes to our next question, Spabbles. <laughs> you hear that segue? You hear that segue? I love it. So, Spabbles, what turns you off if passion turns you on? Negativity. Seriously, oh. cut it out of your life. You don't need it. Delete your news no, apps. It is true. Stop watching that drama stuff on YouTube, drama alert and all that crap. You don't need it in your life. It just drags you down. Nobody wins in negativity. I've said this before. I want an app, a news app on my phone that's all about positivity. Like, a puppy was born today. Some <laughs> kittens went to the park. Nothing bad happened. Like, that would be the best. Ducklings were spotted on a pavement and they were fine. See the photos, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right, though. There is a lot of negativity in the world. Actually, one thing I've had to do is I've had to stop reading Facebook comment sections because to me, I genuinely get annoyed by it. I'm, I'm not joking when I say this to the point where I will actually I, I have to resist the urge to angrily message them or angrily respond and it's got to the point where i if i read that it's just gonna boil my blood and ruin my day so i have to just i have to completely fight the urge to go anywhere near those kind of comment sections bbc news bbc news is the worst one if you want to ruin your day or fill your life with negativity just find the bbc news headlines and read the comments it's the like, honestly the most stupid people in the world and so i have to stop that so you're right negativity is a terrible thing negativity is negative and cut that negativity out of your life i mean passion and positivity going hand in hand and there's like a yin and yang or against negativity because that just brings you down it just dampens your day it makes you feel bad makes you feel sad it doesn't empower you to do anything
And the media as a whole is so biased and corrupt. You're never actually any wiser after reading anything they say anyway. So it, you, don't, you don't gain anything. No, and it is difficult to know what is right and what's wrong. But also, it's difficult to not become one of those assholes who goes, well, the media that I absorb is the correct media. And then they become real <laughs> right-wing assholes about their opinion and about I, their media and I about other media. I I think yeah, you exactly. find I'm in the right here. Uh, excuse me, I once read the Daily Mail. I think oh, I know what I'm talking about you, here. Sir. Oh. Speaking of the Daily Mail, <laughs> what's your favourite curse word? <laughs> oh, I don't swear much. There was a time like where I would swear like a sailor, nautical, hey, hey, hey. But um, hey, hey. You know, like like before coming to YouTube, I didn't swear much. Then like I don't know. It's like the flood dam got opened after I started swearing, and it was at a time where I'm still kind of creatively learning how to become a commentator, I suppose. And just swear words would keep filling in the blanks, and then it got to the point where I was just swearing every other word. And I guess the key phrase i would normally land on would be go fuck yourself because um, <laughs> you can kind of say it with energy and a bit of clout Ugh. also with venom as well yeah. when you say it with venom it really has bite to it does it go fuck yourself yeah you really land on the f <laughs> but uh, i completely agree i try not to swear anymore i i try to uh save it for when you really want to you know make someone know that you're unhappy. <laughs> I know what you mean, because swearing is one of those things that I had to avoid a lot when I was doing radio and TV, which is kind of part of the reason that I swear so much in content now. I try not to go overboard with it. I try not to swear if it's unnecessary, but in a moment where something bad happens, I'll shout an F or an S, <laughs> you know, like I don't care. They'll fly out of me and I don't mind shouting those in those moments. But when you're in a position on radio or TV where you can't, it becomes very restrictive and you have to fight that urge so often and it becomes second nature but being able to do that on youtube so liberally i kind of like that so i i have had family friends be like i want my kids to watch your stuff but you swear so much i'm like you're damn bloody right i do well this is the thing i can relate to this because i'm now have a secondary problem like so when i was swearing like a sailor i'd have many kids and their parents in their chat going like stop swearing or else i can't watch you but now that i don't swear I'll now have too many kids appearing in the chat and it's now making the adults go, I don't want to be anywhere near you. So you kind of have to find a balance between not swearing and maybe being a bit sweary. I don't know. Like, where the hell? I like no the rules. idea of you midway through a stream having to go, right, it's been an hour. Cock! Okay, right. We've done <laughs> That will be some of the kids culled a little bit so now we can crack on. Minge flaps. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Well, if, okay, if that's the one you love, I probably have to go for one of the more British ones. Like, I love bollocks <laughs> or wanker. I just, there's something about those that you can't say if you're American or in any other accent that it really comes across as really punchy and bitey in a British accent. So I guess I love them. Or bugger. <laughs> Don't you agree that bugger's got a real thing with British? I mean, yeah, but if you said it in British. American, it wouldn't, it wouldn't really work as well, you bugger. They're kind of filler swear words. They're not like the, the punchline in my regard. I would say they're like, that's part of the sentence building up to the, the hard hitter at the end. Oh, right, so you're expecting those are kind of only B-class swear words, but you want to be hitting people with the A-class swear words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, back alley I'm talking about here. Oh. <laughs> oh, we don't want any of these back alley swear words. Back off, Ooh, lads. What's going on here? Nothing. nothing. So moving on to our next question, Spammels. What sound or noise do you love? I'm sure many people can relate to this, maybe even yourself, but you cannot beat the sound of rain pitter-patting on a window 
window at night time oh. when you're all snug in bed. And you get bonus points oh. if there's thunder and lightning going on as well. Oh, distant though. If it's too close, it can be a bit scary. It can disturb your sleep. The rain needs to be hard against the window, but the thunder and lightning need to be just that right distance away. Otherwise, you're ruining your day. <laughs> It is the best. It is lovely. That is one of the nicest feelings. And I don't know why it's... It, you're probably right. It's probably the coziness, isn't it? Because I used to have a slanted roof just above my bed back in my old home. And so sleeping under there when it was pissing with rain, that was lovely. Because it was literally right above my head was where all of that was going on. And it was super relaxing and soothing. But... I don't really get that in my current flat anymore. I occasionally get the shout of a skaghead outside my flat, but that's about it. <laughs> it's not so nice in London. Yeah, but I mean, we don't really get thunderstorms too often. Um, but that's why it's bonus points if you get that in there too. But no, like, especially in winter, like, because it's so cold outside as well. If you're in a nice warm bed, you've got your comfy sheets, your lovely pillows, especially the cool side of a pillow. Whoa. But yeah, oh. add that rain to it. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, so basically it's the pitter patter of rain. By the way, guys, if any of you have any answers to these questions, if you're watching on the YouTube version of this podcast, you can leave a comment below with your response and I will be reading some of them out from next week and things like that. So if you guys want to get involved in any of the features that you hear at any point, feel free to leave a comment. If you're listening over on any of the audio-based ones, don't worry. You can still get involved by tweeting. You can reach me at Gamehog Games or Spammles. Where can people reach you? This is a good time for you to plug your socials you can find me over on youtube.com forward slash spammels or twitch.tv forward slash spammels or twitter.com forward slash spammels oh what a surprise and also i'm guessing facebook.com forward slash your mum yeah <laughs> oh wow thanks yeah uh i guess I, who uses facebook anymore i'm so close to coming off of facebook i know what you mean because it's it's got all this audio not audio it's got all this data bias stuff or whatever it is recently it's just sounding like a very dodgy platform at the moment and i'm not sure i want to be a part of it any longer either but how else will i chat to my friends and make events and share memes well that's it i use facebook for the obviously to, to uh, put out the latest videos but also i talk to to game hog to luke and james like we have a, a little private little place where we talk to each other keep each other sane because you you need a, a kind of support network when you're Absolutely. this stuck in your head. But um, most recently, you got this whole Cambridge Analytica scandal going on. Data that was supposed to be deleted hasn't been deleted. And it's kind of raised a question of just how much data have they got on you? And like in conjunction of just all the crap that's on Facebook, I was curious what they had on me. So you can download it. There's a special link you can go to. And I had like 4.7 gigs of download to do. And they had like audio files and stuff from years ago that I don't even remember saying. It's kind of creepy how much they've kept on you. What? Yeah. Wait, every- do you mean do you mean audio notes or do you mean like pocket recordings of you? Oh yeah, like when I like in our private chats, if I put a little voice message in, like that's saved on record for years. It doesn't delete after like a, a year or anything like that. Oh like, god, that's terrifying. They've got every single message, every single photo, every single video, every single voice clip everything oh, nothing no. is deleted i don't like that at all yeah, like I, I get messages will be kept for a long time but you, you kind of expect maybe for archiving reasons they might get rid of some junk but no they keep everything i had a really strange discovery the other day while i was flicking through google maps because i'm one of these people who quite likes the idea of having everything integrated in his life because i use google for everything whether it's youtube or emails or stuff i bought a google pixel 2 because i thought it made total sense so now my whole life is kind of synced up But I was going through Google Maps and it goes, check out your timeline. 
And it's a feature where it shows you where you've been. <laughs> and it really, honestly, it goes, on this day, were you going to fitness first? Yes. On this day, were you going to Sainsbury's local? Yes. On this day, were you going to Barnes to meet your best friend? Yes! How the fuck did you know that? Like, it just suddenly got really, really intense and terrifying, and I didn't know what was happening. And But I also didn't know whether I should turn that off. Because whilst it was a bit scary and a bit like, uh, now I'm aware of it, I feel like having that information is probably going to be handy at some point. Unless, of course, I kill someone. I mean, handy for somebody else. It's profiling. Microsoft tried doing it when they rolled out Windows 10. And the whole idea is if they know exactly where you're going, they get they can make a time period of like, well, he always leaves the house around nine o'clock. He always gets home around four o'clock, that kind of business. They know what routes you often take. And then they can start targeting shops and businesses that you pass on a daily basis for more targeted advertising. But don't you like that idea? No. No? Why? Because to me, that's that's kind of like futuring futuring if, if such a word exists i hate every single shop in my town if i walk down the high street i don't want to then get reminded of my horrible trip down the high street with more adverti- advertisements coming at me saying hey you want a bigger penis here come to argos i don't know like, it- i go to a lot of places in london but never once have i been offered <laughs> anything for a bigger penis if i if i could take that opportunity in london christ i'd do it but that's not the kind of thing i mean i mean the fact that it can it could go well you visit here a lot why don't you try this shop I'd go, okay, Google knows this kind of stuff better. What do you do when you need something? You Google it. So, I feel like that's... Uh Uh-oh. Oh Oh my god, my Google Home was acting up during all of that conversation. (laughs) This is too much now. Google knows what's happening. I hate it. It's aware. Um, no, no. I, I think it's a, it's a step too far into the creepy. It's it's basically like cyber stalking at this point. I think if you request information from them, that's an action you're putting forwards. But them just kind of passively looking at every single thing you do and recording it, I just I don't know. It feels creepy to me. I don't like it. Stop it. Fair enough. I mean, I guess everyone's going to have a different opinion on it. But the bottom line of it is, if you're doing it without permission, whether you're fine with it or not. It is still a bit weird. Because they picture this, picture this. So what happens if, like, fast forward 10 years or so from now, and, like, you know, it's got this data profile on you. It knows the high streets you walk every single night. And um, all of a sudden, you get, like, targeted billboards in shop windows that know you're going to be outside of it around now. So it puts up that Xbox 900 game you really want. You know, like, what about... But that's good, because then it's advertising stuff that you want to need. It's subliminal advertising, though, and it's going to... That's not... Well, it's going to like impulse you to buy things that you don't really want to be spending money on. And the world's impoverished enough. But if you've enough. got self-control, that won't be a problem. But, but the thing is, it's does. at least putting that into your consciousness and going, like, that's how adverts work. And I think having an advert that's catered to me, I don't want to have to watch something for Dior. I'm never going to buy a product from Dior. But show me the latest NVIDIA trailer or a trailer, like, show me an anime I want to watch and I'll be more interested in that advert. I've been watching Crunchyroll recently and because it's got adverts, on it. I don't mind watching those adverts because they're things I know I'll be interested in. It's a new series that I've not heard of. What's it about? How good does the trailer look? So if I walk past a shop that's advertising me something I want, surely that's intrinsically better than seeing a picture of a handbag that's no interest to you whatsoever, whereas maybe the latest Honor and Glory mod. You'd want to see that in a shop. You'd see that in a shop window and go, whoa, really? Does Crunchyroll's ads have good voice dubbing? Ah, <laughs> uh, bad joke, bad joke. Ah, uh, whatever. I don't care. Blow it out your ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
are fine. You win because I give up. <laughs> That's my okay, life well, then philosophy. We'll move on to our next question, Spammels. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, I mean, I've always been in uh, a creative individual. Like I did music for a very long time uh, before uh, tuning my skills for YouTube and stuff like that. But if I wasn't doing this, I'd very much like to be a game designer because it, it still has a lot of the creative flexibilities that one looks for when they're they're doing something creative, like building a world, building a story, piecing it together like a puzzle, packaging it up, and then launching it into the world for people to enjoy. Like that has all the same kind of triggers that bring joy and happiness that YouTube has, you know? I, I just like having a project, setting my focus on it, doing it, having an end result, and then like sharing it with people. Like, that sounds great. I think that does sound great. And similarly, I've always kind of wanted to be able to... You know, the same way that people who've come up with series like Dragon Ball Z or anything like this, they they thought of these characters and these worlds, and then they drew them, and then they can make whole stories out of them. I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to draw a character and go, this is a character I made. This is his backstory. This is his best friend. These are the powers he has. I wish I could draw that, but I can barely draw stick men that don't look shit. <laughs> so it's it's so disappointing, and I get what you mean exactly by that. That having making something is just intrinsically awesome, and I'd love I would do that as well if if it wasn't youtube that i was doing it would have to be something where you make something so i agree with you on that front it's difficult this day and age to find the job that involves creativity because so much of it is just either like retail or in an office like on a, a phone or something and it, it's difficult to express your your creative side or even your opinion in some cases like but so, even creative jobs tend to be a bit restrictive. So I've worked in advertising and stuff, and sure, there's this whole idea that you can sit down there and go, why don't we make this advert? Yeah, that's a great idea, Steve. Let's totally do that. It's not that. It's you have to... So let's say a company comes in and go, we want an advert made. You go, okay, we've got four ideas for you. Which one do you like? And they inevitably, because they're boring people, because they have boring companies that require adverts because they're inherently boring, they pick the boring one. They never pick anything outlandish or fun or cool so you end up with all these really sterile dull insipid adverts which is why adverts all look and sound the same it's because nobody wants to try and push themselves creatively in that area there are people who want to desperately but it's the companies who are going no we'd rather just have it asinine and to the point please that's because they've got their demographics and then then then, then ugh, their numbers like they know what's worked in the past they don't want to risk shaking the apple tree in a sense you're right and that is the problem is kind of sticking by that data whilst it works it it kind of gets you stuck in your ways a bit i know radio stations that do the same thing they go yeah but it's all demographically driven and it's all based on market research and you go well that's fine but that doesn't expand your market that therefore restricts your market and you're not looking to em embrace anyone more than that now so that's this kind of done the opposite but this is why game design would be a really interesting area to go into because in the last couple of years we've seen the, the the domination in the sense of indie gaming, like the, the days of big studios. Like they're still we still have big studios, but the uh, the majority of games we play nowadays are indie games, or they began as indie games. They got picked up by the big studios when they saw how popular they were. So like you, you have that flexibility to do something different in game design. As long as you can like, pay the bills. <laughs> Have you ever had any ideas for any games? Oh, yes, but they're all top secret, hush, hush. Ah, Can't be giving oh, so my may... secrets away. Oh, we may see a Spammels game at some point in the future. Oh, definitely at some point. This is, it's ah. so difficult to find the time to do anything these days. It's, it's really hard. 
I've bothered sitting down and twiddling with Unreal Engine, hoping to one day maybe do the same thing, but Christ, it's like, it's not too hard to use, but it's like, I don't know what to make here, so I don't know if I'm going to bother. Ah, well, I mean, start with the story. If anyone's interested at home, start with a story, because anyone can make a sandbox, anything, but you need substance, and the best substance you're going to get is story. And I, I, I have a big problem like with Call of Duty and stuff like that. We're getting more and more games that are just purely about multiplayer and like they just kind of shun away the story mode or the campaign. And like we see that a lot of Call of Duty, that campaign is so minimal, it, it never gets expanded on. It's just blah. I love storytelling. I love it so much. And I think that's what makes a good game. I agree with you that it's kind of annoying that people like Call of Duty do sacrifice a bit of their story for the things like multiplayer. But multiplayer is also so supremely popular and earns money that I understand them putting their time into that. What I don't forgive is making... If you're going to make a multiplayer game, make it a multiplayer game. Don't make a half-assed single-player thing and then kind of strap that on like a dying fetus onto the multiplayer game. Because that's how all of the Call of Duty campaigns have felt for like the last two or three games. They don't feel fleshed out. They're just kind of like a collection of ideas that doesn't last very long and is kind of half-baked and boring. Whereas there are some games like Setsuna's... Ah, what's, what's it called? Setsuna's Sacrifice and... Horizon Zero Dawn, all these games that are actually really, really brilliantly story-driven, and I, I want to pay way more attention to things like that. It, it's just the world we live in, and it, it, again, it kind of goes back to the advertising, like, playing by numbers. The Call of Duty's and stuff, they know that their market is, like, predominantly the multiplayer scene, so they don't have any enthusiasm to bother expanding on the story mode. So, like you said, like, that's fine. Make a multiplayer game and just own it. Commit to it. Like, don't give us a half-hour single-player game if you're never going to actually expand on it or do better on it. Yeah, Call of Duty World War II's campaign was good fun. The ending was a bit flat, but, like, that and Battlefield, like, they could expand so far. There's no better story than real life and history, and it, it's just an opportunity that they're not taking, and I think it's a massive mistake. Storytelling rocks. Now, speaking of mistake spammels, what profession would you not like to do? Uh, so this kind of goes hand in hand with positivity and creatism and stuff like that, because this is the yang, the yang, ying, the yang of the ying, ying of the yang. I do right. not want to be a prison guard. Okay. Because <laughs> a prison is a dark, dank, negative tomb. You know, it's literally a place of evil and just suffering, and you don't want to be there because, like, even though you're a normal person that hasn't done anything wrong in life, you can't help but bring some of that home on you when you when you leave in the evening. So can I ask, are you doing this on a moral ground of you don't like the idea of humans being locked up in that way, or you don't want to spend your days working right next to dangerous criminals? Oh yeah, I'm selfish. I don't want to be next to criminals. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't think that's unfair, in fairness. I, because my mother was a magistrate. I've experienced that, where she took me in one day to go, so I want you to experience what a magistrate does and stuff. And I sat down. She left me in the room with all the let's call them what they are criminals who were Mama waiting to, you, to be everybody. tried while she went off into another room to go and get some papers or something she was gone for 15 minutes she left me with all the scum and i'm kind of there like uh mom what do i do <laughs> so i kind of understand what you mean it's, it doesn't sound like the most fun thing in the world to have to work near people who you're worried are going to stab you not good not good and negativity all that jazz like, it's just it's not a nice creative and happy place to be now speaking of a happy place to be spammels for the final question of the pivot questionnaire that we start every hogcast with if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates 
I thought long and hard about this. I really dug deep inside my soul and I thought, what would I want to hear the most? It was this. <clears throat> I deleted your browser history. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. He, he, he rests his hand gently on your shoulder and says that unto you. And you just kind of <laughs> weep gently and go, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. I think that's awesome. Part of me would like him to do something a bit more meme-based, would be to kind of, you know, gently rest his hand on my shoulder and point to a giant sign that just says, See that peen! And then there's a whole load of angels who have prepared an entire game show for me that's actually see that peen. That would be my ultimate heaven experience. This game show sounds really... Uh not safe for work, Ed. What, Have you what, ever what? seen the show Naked Attraction on daytime TV in the UK? No. This is a show that exists, I swear to God. It's either a man looking at women, or it's a woman looking for men, and it's the contestant and five to six people all standing in tubes that are opaque. They raise the opaque bit, so you start off by seeing their legs and their genitals. That's round one. Who don't you like from this circle? Well, I don't like that guy's penis. Okay, we'll get rid of that penis. Let's get rid of the penis. Now you can see the rest of the guy who was attached to the penis. And it was Jeremy's penis. Come on out here, Jeremy. And they have to speak to Jeremy while he's balls naked in front of them. And then the rounds go further and further. They lift the opaque bit a bit further. So it's then torso and nipples. And then they do again. Now, whose tits do you not like? And so they go, I don't like that one's tits. Bring out the tits. And then that person comes out and then they get rid of them finally after lifting the face and they decide which one of them they want to shag it's the most like animalistic base level telly in the world but i fucking love it it's amazing <laughs> so this is pretty much what seeing that peen would have been this is what see that peen would have been in fact that's what they should have called that show seriously Just exclusively for gentlemen <laughs> now speaking of fun show names obviously here on the hogcast we like to have a few different features the features keep things fresh they keep things going and rolling now one of my favorite features that's brand new to the series obviously this will only be the second time this has ever been played is haiku do you think you are now last week liam has won because we've been voting on twitter and also in the comment section of the last podcast of which one of the haikus you guys thought was best and it seems that you guys thought ace trainer liam won the last round so congratulations liam so far the guests are one nil up against me the host hog and last week we had super Suna arashi with the subject hot showers or soapy showers and actually we had a couple of other people including super Suna arashi give their suggestions so i'm just going to read out two of theirs Super Sooner Arashi had took a hot shower, soap dripped down my bottom crack. Wait, I am outside. <laughs> I think that one's really good. I like the and Ted Hamlin came out with soap against my eyes. There is something I don't know. My uncle's here too. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think like the these twist. are really good. So basically this week, we've gone for a subject that was given to us by Yana Winchester in the tweet that I put out, and she's requested guilty pleasures. So, Spammels, would you like to give us your first haiku do you think you are? Okay, brace yourself. It's about to get saucy up in here. That wasn't the haiku. I'm just getting ready to start the Okay, haiku. right. I was going to say <laughs> bad mark so far. Right, here we go. Please do not judge me. McDonald's breakfast is nice. Egg McMuffins 
Yum. <laughs> oh, that's so simple and sweet. I like it. I went to college in Oxford, and that's the guilty pleasure. You go get a McDonald's breakfast. You know it's bad, but it's good. I used to work in Oxfordshire, and I used to do that as well. They're just really easy because they seem to be everywhere, the little drive throughs So I know what you mean. Oh, I like how sweet that one was. <laughs> so the Oxford's Oxford... Based McDonald's are your guilty pleasures, are they? I mean, not anymore, but when I was a student, they were. Every single morning. <laughs> okay, I'll read my first haiku do you think you are. Sometimes I'm alone, so I'll put on Owl City. It just makes things worse. I like Owl City. I also like <laughs> Owl City, but I thought I'd go for the option where it was more self-deprecating. Congratulations. <laughs> well... I've had to admit that they're my guilty pleasure a number of times because most people don't like them. But damn it, I like Owl City's old stuff and I stand by it. So, Spambles, it's time for you to give us your second haiku do you think you are. The cake was too good. I could not resist the urge. All cake is gone now. <laughs> are, so, are all of yours about food, by any chance? There's a theme emerging, yes! <laughs> Pickles! Salad! McDonald's cake. So yeah, oh, like okay. guilty pleasure. You know that scenario? You get a, like a nice bit of, of ginger cake. I don't know what it's called, uh, but then like you're only supposed to have a little slice of it and save the rest of it for, for the family, for friends. Sure. No, eat the whole thing. <laughs> the best. When you're eating cake, like you know, you shouldn't be eating cake. It makes it extra tasty. This is a scientific. You're fact. right. Forbidden cake is the best cake of all. Forbidden cake. <laughs> okay, it's time for my second haiku. Do I think I am? I am not ashamed. I dust people with pepper, and I sneeze on them. Pleasant. <laughs> that goes down a lot worse on the tube. I bet what she's slugging up behind somebody and just like, yeah, I Oh, you <laughs> sick mother! Get out of here! They're covered in peppers. <laughs> okay, Spabbles. Time for your third and final haiku. Do you think you are? I don't want to cook. Pizza would be a maze balls. <laughs> Diet tomorrow. <laughs> That one's so relatable and wholesome. Yeah, everyone's been there. You, you, you said to yourself, I'm going to be good, I'm on a diet, but you're just too damned lazy to cook. You think, I can't possibly just put a tray in an oven for like 20 minutes. No, I'm going to pick up the phone and call Pizza House, you know? Pizza House, was that your nice kind of royalty-free name so you weren't sponsoring any brands? Exactly, the house of I pizza. Love it. <laughs> Now, I'm kind of torn for my last one because I've got two. I could just tell both of them, I guess, in quick-fire succession, but that would be a bonus. Go. Look, we've all been there. At home alone by yourself, covered in yoghurt. And I guess that kind of follows on neatly to my second one. Dribble cranberries down the back of one's trousers. Sticky crack plastic. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I like me some sticky crack plastic. <gasps> I'm happy with my haikus. I can picture you calling plumbers into your kitchen. It's like standing above them as they're working and dripping the, the, the yogurt down their back crack. Well, Jesus, yeah. What are you doing, mate? Oh, sorry. It's just a, <laughs> this is a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> you have to forgive me. <laughs> well, guys, if you have enjoyed haiku, do you think you are? Make sure you leave us a comment or send us a tweet telling us which one you think was the best and which one of Spammels or I you think has won this week. And also give us another one for next week's podcast. I don't quite know who's going to be the guest for next week's podcast, but 
leave us a comment and give us a subject for them because God knows it'll probably be amazing fun. Now, Spavels, like you were you were quite nervous about that feature because you struggled to come up with them. I thought you did very well. Haikus are stupid. Why are haikus <laughs> stupid? Because it's it's nonsense. It is nonsense, I, but I, that was the point. I could just say write three lines that are a bit silly, but the fact that you have to do it within the syllable constraints, that's what makes it particularly amusing. All of mine were about food. They were, and mine were kind of about weird things that I do, like sneezing on people or Yours covering perverted. myself in yoghurt or dribbling cranberries down my trousers. It's another day on the tube, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just another day on the tube. I'm a nightmare to commute with, I tell you. <laughs> the yoghurt guy's back again. Stay away, he sneezes on people. <laughs> Actually, this brings us neatly onto another feature. So Liam and I last week, we discussed things that annoy us, which one of mine was actually people who can't deal with basics on public transport. And by that, I don't mean the complexities of knowing a timetable or things like that. I mean knowing how locomotives work and it's those people who when they get on a train or get on a bus don't hold on to something before it takes off and then get a bit surprised when they suddenly lurch because their center of gravity is shifted i don't know why it bothers me so much i really need to get over it but it leads us on to our another feature that we have here on the hogcast am i normal now am i normal is literally just something that most people do is it something you do that's normal or is it a little bit weird now last week mine was well, we briefly discussed people on public transport, but it was mainly I was afraid of there being sharks in swimming pools. Is this something you've ever experienced, Mammals? Shark-free life so far. A shark-free life so far? It's a shark-free life for me. <laughs> I wish I could have that because it would have made my years of competitive swimming a lot easier, I tell you. Well, I'd imagine in competitive swimming, imagining there's a shark chasing you make you get faster. Well, this is what Liam said. He's like, were you imagining the shark there? And it did give me a tiny bit of a speed boost, I guess. But what would you consider is your Am I Normal, Spammels? So, okay, so this question, I, I thought hard and long about it because, well, there's many things that are not normal about me, I suppose. But, sure, okay. But, like, the one thing is I plan and arrange everything in my life. I, I literally, I, I live by structure. And if Now, anything, how far does this go, though? Does that include you saying things like wake up, wash, eat breakfast, or is it just do X job, do Y job, do B job by end of the J. End of the J. I can't say words. <laughs> no wording for you today, Ing. Uh, <laughs> it's not as bad as uh, planning when I wake up because I have no self-control over that. My body, it, it wins every single time. But no, it's <laughs> once I'm awake and the day has begun, like I plan the entire month in advance. Like, every single video I'm going to be doing on YouTube is, is pre-organized because, well, I, that's how I work. That's how I function. It's almost like I need to kind of focus my mind. So as soon as I know what I'm doing, I don't have to worry about thinking what the hell I'm doing. And I can just dedicate everything about making that thing be done, you know? And But I get really upset and like, I uh, I don't know how to put this into a sentence, but it's like if someone out of nowhere just like comes in like, hey, do you want to come do this today? And I'm like, oh, I didn't quite plan for this. Oh God, can I do this? And I get kind of really like off the tracks it really like stunts me i i i struggle to adjust i hate change no <laughs> <laughs> i'm very similar though because i've i've been one of these people who craves his alone time i need that time to myself to digest something or even just to mong out and watch a youtube video or something and so for me i i also require 
that kind of time to be blocked out. And if something comes up last minute, like a friend going, oh, let's go to the cinema on that day, or, oh, I'm going to come over and see you that day. It's like, ah, no, because I had this thing planned and now you've changed that plan by doing that. And ah, now I don't have that time. When am I going to get that time back? And then it becomes a stress and it isn't fun for anyone involved. So I do kind of understand that, actually. So I'd say that's completely normal. I'd I'd say that's very normal. It's not healthy. Like It may be normal, but I don't think it's a healthy way of living your life but i don't, I don't think, think it's unhealthy i think it depends on how diligent you are with it if you set up a little timetable and you stick to it fairly firmly that's fine if you suddenly become depressed or very very angry at yourself that you've deviated from it slightly <laughs> then maybe you have a little bit more of a problem but i don't think having that level of organization is a bad thing in any way i think it's something most people would kind of crave if anything it's something i'd kind of crave because i do things like that but they're very temporary see for me it's completely in stone more or less i mean yeah there's uh, with in regards of let's plays there is wiggle room if i need to swap a game in or out but they come out as a whole block you know like it, it, I've, uh, beyond that it's very much like this is how my life is and if a movie's coming out, I can't just, like, go see it on a whim. I need to, like, look at my calendar and see when I can slot a possible movie in and then make that happen. And it has to, it just it can get horrible at times. <laughs> see, I understand yours. Mine's a little bit more abstract and slightly weird, and it's probably my own psychosis. But my am I normal is I have no faith in save functions, whether that's in a game or whether that's in software for word processing or video editing or audio editing i have no faith that they've worked so are you the guy that would like hit save twice in a row to be extra sure i do it more than twice i do it 15 times consecutively so even the backup of the backup of the backup save (laughs) couldn't possibly have gone wrong i think i know where this all stemmed from do you know the game harvest moon yeah yeah i know i know that game so they had a game boy advance version that when that came out for some reason i bought and became obsessed with and that game was so slow and everything you did had to be kind of carefully thought through that the save was so important to me that i just i had to make sure that every time i'd saved i'd go did i save and it was like an ocd where i'd then have to watch myself do it again and then go but did i save and i just have to do it five or six times until i'd convinced myself every single time that it had been done and you know, it's it's never been a problem. I think the only time it has been a problem is with Adobe products, like Premiere Pro has randomly, after me saving, I've closed the project, opened it, and it's been three versions before. So maybe those are part of the reasons that I still... I don't know, I have trust issues when it comes to save functions and things. Is that normal? Am I the only one who does that? Like, I mean, in Pokemon, I don't do I'd that. hammer save. If I'm saving, so this podcast, for instance, because I need this audio, I will be command S'ing the shit out of that until <laughs> I know it's safe. I, I carelessly save. Like, I don't, I, I just control S, boom, and like, I just, it's done. I don't but how think- often does that come back to bite you? Not very often. I mean, more often than not, you're fine. Um, I can't actually remember an instance where I, I, where I hadn't saved, and I've, I've purposely closed down the software. I've had instances where, like, there's been a power cut, and I haven't saved, but that was out of my control in a sense. But uh, no, I've never been betrayed by save. It's now become <laughs> a kind of secondary reflex for me. Like upon doing anything, because now I video edit for a job for people. I just don't want to lose even, even five minutes of work is a lot for me because I work very quickly. So 
losing five minutes is just like, uh, all of that was really fiddly keyframing. So every time I do even the slightest thing, my hand just goes control S instantly now after everything. It's just like, like playing PUBG or Fortnite or something. Your fingers just know what they're doing. It's the same with me now and saving. It's become obsessive. That's not a bad thing. I suppose <laughs> not. But what do you guys think who are listening? What's your am I normal? What things do you do that might be normal to you, but maybe strange to other people? Or something that you do that you know everybody does? Let us know in that comment section below if you're watching on YouTube, or if you're listening on the audio version, send us a tweet or head over to the YouTube version and leave us a comment because we'll be reading out some of yours in future episodes. Good stuff, Spammels. I think we've managed to cover that we are both fairly normal because I think you planning stuff is probably fine and me saving a lot is probably fine. So we can crack on knowing that we're both fairly normal however the next section that we move on to may not be as good oh no <laughs> so this is a section that liam struggled with the name with because i don't recall writing the name of this section down it's basically a time travel segment and it's asking to get into your head and know a bit more about a time you'd be interested in visiting whether it's in your life or in history but we call this super timey wimey hoggy boggy nonsense <laughs> And it, it comes with the reverb when you say it, but it's a very unusual name that basically just boils down to where would you travel in time? So Spammels, where would you travel in time? Wait a minute. I'm going to take a guess. Is it the Titanic? Close. Yeah, more Damn or less. It. Yeah, no, I'll give it. Yeah, yeah, more or less. <laughs> now, would this be for YouTube content or would this be for uh, for pleasure? Yeah, I'll take a laptop and a webcam, definitely. Yeah, yeah you take your iPhone and just vlog it. <laughs> Iceberg dead ahead! Lol, lol, lol. Oh my god, we're sinking. Ah, oh, um, no, so a time uh, I would go back to. Now, I've got some, like, prefixes here that I need some assurances on before any time travelling takes place, okay? Oh god, okay, writing. you're the first person to stipulate any kind of criteria. Okay, go. Needs to be triple saved and everything. Uh, so I would <laughs> like to go back to the 1900s, like the early, okay. early 1900s, because, well, but only, only if I was guaranteed to be like, really rich, really wealthy, and guaranteed that I would never get sick. <laughs> right, okay. And this is based on things like the great smog and also the fact that the aristocracy and upper classes back then had an amazing time. Yeah, hospitals better today than were back then. I wouldn't like to go back in time and then need surgery because that would scare the crap out of me, you know? Well, this but, is always uh, the thing. I've always wanted to go back to things like ancient Egypt. But then I go, but it, A, it must have stunk of shit. And B... I'll die of something. I don't want to go back and die of a very potent flu. Yeah, exactly. You need to be aware of these things if you're going to be a future time traveller. You can't do this willy-nilly. That's true. See, I need, to, I need to think these things through more because Liam decided he wanted to go back and restart YouTube at the dawn of creation of content. You said that you want to go back and experience being a kind of wealthy and healthy member of the upper classes back in early 1900s England. Last week, I picked a Beyblade tournament in 2002. This week, I wanted to go back just to witness a moment that made me explode with laughter when I was at school. Now, most people listening to this, they probably had at their school the, I don't know, we'll call them jocks? Like the sporty guys. Every school has that group of people Chad. because that's that's the natural way that cliques work, I suppose. But ours, we had the big group of meatheads. I didn't have a problem with them. They were all lovely guys and I got on with all of them, but that's who they were. They were the meathead group of our year. And I remember walking with Freddie, who some of you know as Pikachu's legs. Freddie and I were walking to the music <laughs> block one day. And 
All of these meatheads were out on the big quad in the middle of our school, all playing one of those games where they're just kicking a rugby ball in the air and another one's like miles in the air and another one is catching it. They're just something simple like that. We watched one meathead from one side boot the ball miles in the air, probably the highest it went that day. As it came down, it got cracked on the volley by another one of these meatheads and rocketed straight into, like, the village idiot meathead's ass, And in sync, perfectly in sync, all of them went... <laughs> and started dive, jumping up and down, putting their arms in the air, like a yeah, yeah, yeah. But singing that song from the darts, the one that goes... Oi, oi, oi! And watching 20 meatheads... All doing that in sync was too much for Freddie and I at that moment because we looked at each other and burst. And I think I'd, I'd have to go back in time and film that moment just so I could keep it forever. And I would have it played at my wedding. I'd have it played at my funeral. In fact, I'd have it wheeled in on a telly so that I could watch it the moment I died. It would be the greatest moment of my life. And I'm sure you had to be there. But if anything, I just want to have it so it could be narrated by David Attenborough someday. Imagine that going, as you can see, the meatheads play with the ball in a fast, strange ceremony. And as it gets volleyed into him, they go, the meatheads display a dance of encouragement. I would love that. It would just be the best day ever. So my, why are my time travels a lot more stupid and everyone seems to be a lot more serious or bathed in a kind of sense of duty? You've really thought about this, haven't you? I love that moment, (laughs) all right, Spammels. You can can have that moment. I'll let you have that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Do you not have any fond memories of school? Was school a good time for you or a bad time for you? I, I once dug up dinosaur bones in the school garden. That sounds great. Great. They weren't dinosaur bones. Oh, why? What were they? They were just bones. <laughs> oh. What? There were, why? There what was it? Rabbit bones, I guess? I don't know, but we thought they were dinosaur bones. I mean, God, I thought you were like, I don't know, it was one of the kids that went missing, we think. <laughs> we never know. Schooling in Oxford was pretty rough. Oh, we're in a village, you know. What was schooling like where you are? Were you at a private school or were you at a state school? What was it like growing up where you were? I did public schools. Okay. It was normal. I, I don't know what to compare it against, really. We we did school, we did it good, and then we left. And I cried every single night. Did you go to university? No, I did college, uh, but did I didn't want to go to uni. I went to college. Um, I had the opportunity to go to university, but I had to... I didn't want to do it with nothing waiting for me at the other end of it. Like, if I went to uni, I wanted to be studying for something I knew I'd be using. You know, and to go to uni to do music at the time to me, as much as I loved music, it was a stupid idea to do because there's nothing waiting at the other end of it. I understand. I understand that thought process. And quite a lot of people take that same thing, which is true, because I spent three years at university doing a subject that I was inherently already very good at because I'd been trained pretty well through A-levels and doing my own study on it. So I wasted three years of my life and thousands of pounds of my money just to basically get a bit of paper at the end that society and employers need to see on a checklist of things that are about my personality. <gasps> well, That's enough of that, this is it. A lot, all, I mean, a lot of my friends went and did music at university level, and none of them are working in music. You know, it just it just seemed like a no, no-brainer at the time. Like, you have to really sit, be adult about it. you got to think, I do love this, but it's a, big, it's a long time, a lot of money, 
Is it going to be worth it? Because there might be some people listening to the podcast now who are wondering whether university is for them. And it does totally depend. If you don't really have an idea of what you want to do, that's always going to be difficult. I was quite lucky that when I went to university, I had a vague idea of where I wanted to go. Admittedly, while I was at university, that shifted, but it didn't shift by too much that it was a drastically different direction. I joined university initially just wanting to kind of, I I think I was going to go, I'm going to be a music producer and work in a studio and it's going to be great. And then I realized that nobody does that anymore that's not a job you can't really do that unless you're already historically initiated into the industry but when it came to things like oh wait i can get involved in the tv society and the radio society and i became the president of the tv society during what was known as the dark ages (laughs) and things like the radio society where i just had had my own show and it it taught me things i wanted to do and it showed me ways i could apply my degree to something else so whether the course that you're doing at university is necessarily right for you it's also the environment that you're in and the opportunities that that area can present so like i said i didn't get anything out of going to university in oxford but being at oxford brooks put me closer to bbc oxford and so i went in there one day and said hi i've been doing all this radio experience i'd love a job and they went okay come on come on in and help us on the introducing show so that's why i'd say if, if anyone is listening and they're really really not sure they're on the fence just think about the opportunities that maybe the area that you're looking at could present to you spammels do you have any words of advice for people who are maybe considering further education you can teach yourself pretty much anything these days with the internet it is true. This <laughs> is true. I mean, I don't want to like say university and schooling is bad. I like, definitely do it. Definitely. They'll teach you a better way, faster way. But that's not to say that you can't educate yourself. Absolutely not. No, just because you don't have the bit of paper at the end does not mean you're not educated. It just it's one of these things that society or some employers just require as one of the tick boxes. You know, it's frustrating, but that's just the way it is. So it's sort of the unfortunately, the, the prices are going up so much that it also really is becoming it's it's a massive discouragement for people, you know. But this is like another reason why I kind of do YouTube because I'm I don't associate with that part of the world. Like I don't want I don't care if some office expects me to have a piece of paper that says I can do X, Y, and B when I know I can do it. And like so, by being self-employed, by doing this independently, like that whole fiasco, that old red tape, just goes out the window. It's just whatever you and your fingertips can do, and I, I like it that way better. I'm slightly scared by the fact that I'm self-employed because I I don't think I can ever go back. I don't like working for people who I'm not inherently invested in. And a couple of my old employers, it really shows because I just didn't care about the projects that were going on or I wasn't invested in what they were about or I didn't respect them as people. And stuff like that means I'm never going to invest myself fully in that role. And also, the reason you go to a lot of these companies is to work your way up And I realized I didn't want to be at any of those higher up positions on the ladder. So basically bothering was going to be a waste of time. So now that I've gone self-employed, I love doing what I do. Admittedly, I have wobbles where I'm not earning as much as I should be, or I panic that I'll never earn as much. But I'd rather be in this position and maybe occasionally struggling to know what's coming next than being stuck in a job that I deep down know I'm doing just because I need money. 
And that's the worst bit about a job interview is that you're going to have to sit down and someone's going to go, so what attracted you to this company or to this job? And you go, because I don't have a job and you offered me a job and it's got money in it and it's skills I can do. That's why. I don't give a shit about the rest of it. Just give me the money. Give me the job. Let me do the job well and pay me for it and we'll do everything else. That'll be fine. That's the bullshit of it all because that's while well, that's the harsh truth of the matter, yet society wants you to go, well, I really enjoy the challenge. I like working as part of the team and i see your product i love what you're doing here i want to be a part of this team you know you have to say such bullshit slime like really yeah i've always been oh. very good at interviews because i'm so able to just tell them what they think i had this one interview I, I can't say the name of the company because obviously they'll get back to them but i had this job interview where it was for it was to be the channel manager for a youtube channel and <laughs> I didn't realize that it, it was a pre-existing channel. I thought they were inviting me in to go, so you'll be making this channel. And so midway through the interview, he goes, so obviously you've watched the channel. And so in my head, I'm going, ah! but in, inside I'm going, yes, yes, I did watch the channel. And he goes, so what did you think? And I went, oh shit, inside my head. But all of this happened within, you know, one second. I'm just kind of thinking, shit, 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 shit. So pulled from my ass. I think the best thing about YouTube content is when it's personality driven. And I think the thing about your channel is you can clearly see the personality shining through all of the content. Generic bullshit. There was a moment of silence <laughs> and he was looking at me the whole time before he went, I think you're absolutely right. I think we've actually managed to get the personalities quite down. <laughs> and he, he said something like, because I think Steve is one of the most popular personalities on the channel. And I said, I still can't believe I got away with this. The balls that I had to make this to do this. I still can't believe I bothered. It would have put everything on the line. When he said Steve is obviously the best part of this, I went, oh, is Steve the one? And I gestured to my face generically. I wasn't pointing at anything. I was just gesturing to my face. And he then interrupted me and went, yeah, the one with the beard. Boom. So it, just a stroke of luck that I just happened to go, oh, is he the... With confidence. And he went, yeah, yeah, the one with the beard. Yeah, I think he's great. And I went, yeah, yeah, he's the one who stood out to me the most. Thank God he didn't go... Steve doesn't exist and there isn't a guy with a beard. I was lying. You clearly didn't watch the channel, did you? Thank Christ that didn't happen. Thank God he wasn't a savvy bloke. Did you get the job? I didn't get the job, Spammels, no. <laughs> I, I wonder why that might have been. <laughs> now, Spammels, one job that I do wish I had was being a deity. I don't actually wish that. That would probably be a nightmare. But it brings us on to our next section, which we like to call here on the podcast, Let's Play God! And the reverb comes in every time you say it. Spammels, why don't you try it out? Let's Play God! See, it sounds great, doesn't it? It fills you with vigor. Yeah! Now, basically... <laughs> Now, basically, this section is an idea where Spammels or I go to decide something about humankind or the Earth that we are going to try and change. And we're going to maybe discuss the effect that that would have on people. So, Spammels, do you have anything that you as a god or a deity would change about humankind or perhaps the Earth? I've got a plan, okay? It's the best plan. It's the biggest plan. Everybody's talking about it. We're going to make heaven great again. Underwater breathing oh there you go underwater breathing oh, that's a that's a great answer tick the box there yes please i <laughs> i as a god agree to this let humans breathe underwater that'd be amazing 
We can save. We can solve so many of the world's problems, like housing. Well, we can now live under the sea. You've got miles under of new real sea. estate opportunities. Would you also combine this with the ability to communicate with animals under the sea? I think we'd have a war initially until they realise <laughs> we're better off and they would keep out our way. I love the idea of you properly... I imagine you being at the front of this war in charge of it, like, against the sea people! <laughs> Charge! <laughs> Somebody please draw that. Draw spammels on top of a very big seahorse charging an <laughs> army of underwater breathing humans towards an army of sharks and fish. That would be amazing. That this would be great. I think now. that would be amazing. It always makes me think of an episode of The Moomins where the main Moomin gets that done to him. But then because he can breathe underwater, he can't breathe out of the water. So he has to stay in the water. Whatever will he do? I don't remember the rest of the Moomin episode, so I couldn't tell you. If you remember, let me know. Did you ever watch the Moomins? I never saw the Moomins. Oh, I miss the Moomins. But also, there's other amazing, mind-blowing ramifications of underwater breathing. The Go fashion on. industry. You're going to get new clothing that's made to be wet and to be dry whilst looking fashionable. It'll be oh amazing. Oh, my God. Spouse, you've actually thought this through quite a lot. I didn't even think about the sartorial side of this, but you're completely right. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. So the whole look of the world would change. We're living underwater. We've got massive real estate there. We've got lovely fashion shows going on above and below water. Clan wars and everything. Well, the way things work would have to be quite different because shops can't operate like that, can they? Because you can't have clothes on a clothes rack underwater because they'll all be floating about and it'll be like zero gravity. So pastries and stuff in a bakery, that would be a nightmare. So how could you have like a society under the water or would they not cook things? Well, I imagine the, the, what's the word, indigenous people of the underwater districts, they're indigenous indigenous people of the underwater world, I guess. Is that a word? I don't know. Do you mean fish? No, no, the humans. I, I imagine the human beings that descend into the oceans would live on sushi because they haven't got to cook it. It comes salted because the water around you is salty and um, amazing. But also like... Electricity would have to up its game a little bit because it might be a bit. Well, dangerous. yeah, because it would kill everyone instantly if it went a bit. I mean, wrong. yeah, initially it might, but I think after a little while we might learn to live with it. I think that's fair enough. <laughs> Again, yours, yours are really in depth, and they're kind of plunging these oh, kind of human experiences depth, that I'm never going to do. Plunging. Oh God, plunging depths. <laughs> I didn't throw this shit together, Spammels. See, but I wish I didn't just throw this shit together because mine was. I wish my. I wish that humans had the capacity to stop phrases coming out like the other night um, i had a, i had a meal delivered and when he said here's your meal enjoy it i said thanks you too <laughs> and it just it still kills me I, what did i mean why did i say it why did it come out why can't my brain have a second phase that goes whoa where are you going oh i'm just i'm just gonna tell that delivery driver thanks you too well, why? He said, have a good meal. There is no U2 to that brain. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't say that. I should just say, thanks. Have a good evening. You're right. Do that. And then that's what my brain would do. What I'm saying is, Spammels, we need an inner conscience. Every person needs an inner conscience that you kind of discuss every decision with. Do you think this is a bad idea? Well, I think like social fluffs like that most commonly occur when you're talking to like a pretty girl or a pretty gentleman and you're panicking because you're not sure what to say to them. Are you trying to tell us that you have a crush on your delivery driver? Listen, Amir on Deliveroo is a wonderful gentleman and I will not have him marked. <laughs> 
No, it's like as it's. I've never had that with girls, though. I've always been very confident being able to speak to people who are very, very attractive. But I don't know for some reason. With I think it's because it was late night and I wasn't thinking, and it was just a normal response. And uh, but either way, it just felt so embarrassing. It's like when you accidentally call a teacher mum. It must have happened to you before. No, what? What was? How was wrong of you? No, God, that's such a common thing that everyone I know has done at least once, just because it slips out. It's a Freudian slip. Mummy, grade my work. What? No? Well, there's... Okay, so there's there's a kind of a sub-am-I-normal, guys. Have you ever accidentally called a teacher mum or dad? Throw that one out there. So you're saying no to that one? Yeah, no, that's never happened. That's weird. <laughs> you're weird. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty weird. You guys are freaking weird. Jeez, look at this nerd over here. Weirdo. Listen, I don't appreciate you calling me out as a nerd. But, Spammels, we have had a good bit of fun talking today. We've had a, a fairly, fairly interesting, in-depth look at your brain and the way you work. And basically, I think the thing that's come across in this is that you're a generally positive person who appreciates passion and enthusiasm and wants to kind of give that off as a vibe for himself. Um, have I got you right? And the time travel history member Jumbo. Yes, all that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty much me. Good times always. I mean, in fairness, when I said to you, one of the sections you have to do for a podcast is going back in time. In my head, I was saying, maybe you should tell him, don't do the Titanic. <laughs> but that would be wrong of me to deny you that chance, Spammels. Although I would come back with you just to see you geek out at it. I'd love to see your reaction to look to like walking the decks in your T-shirt and stuff. Like the way you dress MCM, I imagine you looking like that, wandering around the Titanic, <laughs> surrounded by 1900s aristocrats being like, oh, what on earth is that man doing? That blithering man, Mildred. Like, Hi, I'm Spabbles and I'm filling the Titanic for a vlog. What is a vlog? <laughs> what oh. is vlog? Oh, I don't know why Borat was on the Titanic. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> he comes with me now and then. <laughs> but Spabbles, as we bring this podcast to a close, as I say quite often throughout these podcasts, one of the things that we do is we like to top and tail the podcast with questionnaires so that we can get to know people. Now, the final thing that we do is we do a quickfire game hog questionnaire the reason for the game hog quickfire questionnaire is so that we can see how you think on the spot now i'm going to give you 11 questions spammels and the thing like is this. i don't want you to think about them i, I don't, don't want like you this. to i don't want you to consider the answer i want you to sit and just say the first thing that comes to your mind because some pickles. of them are going to be a little more pickles damn it some of them are going to be a little bit more mundane some of them might be a little bit more abstract you won't expect any of the questions well in fact you might expect a couple of the questions because they might be titanic based but we'll no. we'll see about that so spammels are you ready to face the game hog quickfire questionnaire i'm really not i don't i'm not looking forward to this I can't, okay i don't like this don't worry spammels you'll be fine your time starts now olympic or britannic olympic Incorrect. Titanic or Olympic? Titanic. Incorrect. Britannic or Britney Spears? Britney. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> but Britney. Britannic. <laughs> okay, we'll go. <laughs> okay, incorrect. Jack or Rose? What? That's not. That's no. Neither. Jack or Rose? Uh, Jack, because he dies. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> Jesus! Yes, Rosie or Jim? Oh, oh, the old ragdoll. Uh, Jim, I guess. Sexist. Are you a fan of iceberg lettuce? 
No! I should hope not, otherwise that would be very insensitive. Sadded. You are set- <laughs> You are setting out on a long quest through the magical forest of Snuggleberry. As you enter the thick woods, you are ambushed by three large pigs wearing masks of your face, all shouting, Yes, mate! Let's begin! And other Spamalsisms. What do you do to deal with them? Well, I'm guessing they're fans, if they're using my mannerisms back at me. What so if they're I, bandits trying to use your image to, to throw you off a bit? I, I, I'm a dumb dumb. Spells, how will you deal with them? Yes, mate! Oh, very <laughs> good, okay, fine. Just joining in with them. <laughs> in a zombie apocalypse, which dinosaur would you ride into battle? Uh, Velociraptor. Correct. How much foreskin is too much foreskin? <laughs> if it's sagging? <laughs> <laughs> if a milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, what on earth does a carton of milk do? Uh, go in the fridge. Sure. And finally, what subtitle parentheses would you give Titanic 2? As in, Titanic 2, the something. The fire is real, question mark. <laughs> right, is that with fire emojis as well? Yes, that's, it's gonna be lit, it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> People who like Titanic will get the reference there. There's a theory about it didn't sink because of an iceberg, it sank because of a fire, and it's stupid! So stop listening to these things on the internet and get on with your lives! Speaking of listening to stupid things on the internet, Spammels, that last three to five minutes of questioning scored you zero points. So congratulations, you and Liam are both doing very badly at that one. But you, you've passed, I guess? Yay! I got one... <laughs> Velociraptors were correct, is that not That's worth true, you're right. So we'll give you one point for that. So you got one out of 11. So that's, that's fine. That's a respectable score. Yay! Take that, well, Liam. <laughs> There's a little bit of competition now happening between the various people taking part in the podcast. But either way, Spabbles, it has been great fun chatting to you today. Thank you so much for coming along. And one more time, give yourself a little bit of a cheeky plug. Where can people find you? How often do you upload content? When do you do live streams? Where can people hear more of the Spammels and be part of the Spamily? Oh, I'm so glad you asked there. Thank you very much for this opportunity, Game Hog. Hi, everybody. My name is Spammels. I upload every single day onto youtube.com youtube.com forward slash spamos every single day we also live stream on a friday on youtube.com forward slash spamos but we also live stream on a monday and a wednesday over on twitch.tv forward slash spamos amazing and also you guys may see spamos appearing on various game hog content from time to time whether it's a live stream whether it's a video he has been a part of the channel for a couple of years now so it's it's exciting to see that you're going to be at places like comic con finally with a booth now. In regards to the, the Gamehog livestream, you've kind of hijacked my voice there without permission. <laughs> if you're well, soundboard. I'm sorry, all right? Look, you need to be part of the Gamehog livestream if you can't be there, and you're an in-demand chap, so my Stream Deck soundboard has to replace you from time to time. I did do this without permission, but it's it's got its reasons. I saw a photo, and you've actually put my face on the button as well. <laughs> I've actually, I actually found another face for the second button, so not only do I have one face, Spammels, I have two faces. Oh. Amazing! Well, Spammels, thank you very much once again for joining me today. And also, guys, if you want to add to any of the features that you've heard in today's podcast, you want to hear a new feature coming, or you've got a recommendation for someone who you'd like to guest on the podcast, then be sure to leave a comment on the YouTube 
YouTube version of this podcast, be sure to send me a tweet at GameHog Games and also mention at Spammels while you're at it and tell him that he did a great job in the quickfire questionnaire or in haiku do you think you are? Speaking of haiku do you think you are, let us know who you thought won the haiku. Was it Spammels with his food-based guilty pleasures or was it me with my slightly more sexual food-based guilty pleasures? You be the judge. Anyway guys, thank you very much for listening to the second ever Hogcast. I've had a great time and I hope you guys are looking forward to seeing another one or hearing another one in your ear holes next week. Take care everybody. Bye Zs. Bye. Bye. Bye.